Welcome to Strength for the Journey from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu at Ko'olau. It's Youth Sunday, the one day out of the year when our pastors take a step back and hand over the service to the youth of our church. Today, we'll hear from Marshall Yee and Jesse Makuakane. Right now, here's Matt Yamamoto to explain today's theme. Aloha, everyone, and welcome to Youth Sunday. My name is Matt Yamamoto, and I'm the high school youth director. I can't tell you how pleased and honored um, the youth group is to have the opportunity to worship with all of you. This year's theme is Diamond in the Rough. The diamond is the hardest mineral found on Earth. It is also the most desired because of its beauty and reflective nature. It's shiny. The adage speaks to the unfinished nature of the diamond. A diamond in the rough is still in the process of being developed into the thing of beauty that is so highly desired. It points towards the potential that is found within but hasn't yet been exposed. A diamond in the rough is seen as a hidden treasure that can only be brought out by someone who knows what to look for. They can see the finished diamond while it's still in its crude form and will patiently cut away at the portions of the rock that aren't meant to be there, shaping its angles and surfaces until it perfectly reflects the light shining into it. God uses the difficult times as a time of shaping to build character in our lives. As the painful shaping occurs, what is exposed is who we are meant to be in Christ, a reflection of him. We are all at some point of, of this process, and no one is a completely perfectly perfect finished product this side of heaven because God is continually shaping and working on us. In today's service, we'll be exploring how God sees our potential like no one else can and how patiently he patiently brings it out. We hope that God will speak to you through what we have to offer. Hi, people. Um, I'm Marshall, and I like dogs, cows, dinosaurs, kids, and myself. But anyways, um, in my younger school years, I was just like everyone else. And the older we got, the worse our, beha- our behavior became. But over time, I was changing along with everyone else and I didn't even realize who I was becoming. In seventh grade, things got really bad. It was so bad that it shocked me into realizing what was happening. I realized that if I continued on this path, I would lose every good part of me. So I made a decision that shattered my world. I chose to isolate myself. At break, I sat alone. At lunch, I ate by myself. And when the year ended, my parents asked me if I wanted to be homeschooled. And it was a really difficult decision for me because on one hand, I didn't want to leave the few friends that I still had. But on the other hand, I didn't like who I was becoming. I chose to be homeschooled because I thought it would save me from who I didn't want to be. And it did. My teachers used to say that if you wouldn't say this in front of your parents, then you probably shouldn't say it at all. And since I was homeschooled, my mom was my teacher, so I was in front of my parent the whole time. Um, So though it came with some positive results, being homeschooled also caused one big problem. Because I got lonely. I wanted to hold myself to a higher standard than other people, but isolating myself took things a little bit too far. 
I didn't just isolate myself from all of the kids at my old school, but also from all of the kids in my youth group, like everyone, and so I wasn't connected anywhere. Eventually, I felt like everyone I had loved was gone, and I was walking through life completely alone. I expected God to come and talk to me in a booming voice or a swirling cloud of fire. And since he didn't do that, I thought that he wasn't with me either. But during all of that, I started to realize that God was actually helping me. He was giving me a push in the right direction to becoming more like him. And he did give me my small group. Um, my small group is one of the highlights of my week. And it's a safe environment where we can all be vulnerable with each other and in doing so get the support that we need. At one of my most difficult times, I went out and sat under a tree for two hours and I just felt like nobody wanted me. So I texted one of my friends and I told them that like, I'm done and I can't keep going. And God used that person to remind me that the small group and the youth group still love me and that I wasn't alone. And so that kind of made a shift in my mind that brought me back to reality. Um, but I would like to say that this experience kind of like helped me um, and that that was the only one that I needed. But I'm stubborn, apparently. So God had to show me a couple of other things. At our youth winter camp, um, we learned about how God reveals himself to us. And so God showed me that even though I couldn't see him, he was with me. And although I wanted God to show up in the most astounding ways, he often showed up in the little things, the quiet things. Now I could see that I wasn't alone under that tree because God was there with me. Also at the hymn conference, God gave me some prophetic words through Matt and some other youth leaders. And that was the last tiny push that I needed to change the way that I felt about myself. I chose to let go of my feelings of abandonment and to accept all that God had for me. God showed me that the straight and narrow road is not meant to be traveled alone. It's wide enough for me and my friends and my family and God to all walk on at the same time. Um, Joshua 1.9 says, Has I, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So through this experience, I realized that perspective plays a huge role in difficult times. We can get lost focusing on our problems, but we could also spend our time looking at what God has to teach us through this experience. So staying with the theme of diamond in the rough, if I don't learn anything from the hard times, I'll get crushed by the pressure and end up just a big beaten up rock. 
But if I accept what happened and accept what God is trying to teach me, then I can become a diamond in the rough. Good morning, church. My name is Jesse, and unlike my dear friend Marshall, who I am sure blew your socks off, I am a senior. I opened the door to my dad's green RAV4 after a long day of 10th grade. This was an unexpected surprise. My dad didn't usually pick me up from school, especially not without letting me know in the morning. After saying hello, we made plans to go see a movie later that night. I'd been thinking about asking him that all day. By the time we finished making plans, we'd already made the quick trip home. We pulled into the driveway, coming face to face with a red car, one that belonged to a family friend. I got my bag out of the back seat and walked into the house through the garage. When I came into the house, I caught a glimpse of my mom and her friend, both sitting on the living room couch, before I turned into the office to drop my bag off at my desk. My dad poked his head in the room. Hey, so when you get all settled, your mom and I want to talk to you in the living room. My mind suddenly flooded with anxiety. This is exactly what they did when they caught me red-handed in stupid adolescent slip-ups. Oh no, I thought, what did I do this time? Did I forget to turn my fan off? Did they find that text thread between me and that cute girl from school, the one filled with heart-eye emojis and gushy teenager emotions? I came to the horrifying realization that they might have busted me for something I didn't even know that I did. What did I do? I racked my brain trying to figure out my mistake as I maintained my posture to seem like I was totally keeping it cool. I went to my bedroom, changed out of my school uniform, and rejoined my parents in the living room. I took a deep breath, preparing for the worst and hoping for the best as I nonchalantly plopped down on the couch next to my mom. So what's up? I squeaked, my inner dialogue getting the best of my steely cool facade. I looked at my mom and she did not look pleased. Great. Son, my dad said shakily. I turned my head towards the adjacent couch, surprised that my dad was the one who started the conversation. The reason we're meeting right now is because I need to tell you something. He told me he was deciding to leave the family. Have you ever seen a game of Jenga where someone takes a block from the bottom row and the whole structure topples over? When someone takes a block that is necessary for the integrity of the tower, and before you can say Jenga, the building you are constructing is a pile of rubble on the floor. As I stared at the unorganized jumble of blocks that, just a few seconds ago, was my tidy life, you can imagine I had a few questions floating around in my brain. Was part of it my fault? What was I supposed to do next? Where was God in all of this? It wasn't the warm welcome I'd always naively imagined life was going to give me. It was real, it was raw, and it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. All my life I had grown up Christian. I went to church every Sunday, I knew all the Bible stories, I could recite memory verses, but I didn't know God on a personal level, and that became very clear to me when all this happened. I couldn't piggyback on my parents' faith anymore. I needed to decide what I believed in for myself. And for about the next year, I was a whirlwind of emotions, confused, lost, scared, angry. I didn't know where to go with my life at this point. My main male role model was no longer there to lead me by example. I was unsure about how my mom and I were going to be able to make money to live. 
I found myself getting, even into, getting into even more arguments with my mom about things that didn't matter at all. But the emotion that won out over all the rest of them was bitterness. I was bitter that my life changed drastically. I was bitter that I didn't have a dad anymore. I was bitter that God didn't show himself to me. And then he did. Around 8 in the evening on September 24th, 2017, I was with my girlfriend at the time, Elise. We were talking in her front yard, and I was getting ready to drive home. It was a clear, crisp night. The gentle breeze made the palm trees in her yard sway ever so slightly. The stars sprinkled the black canvas of the sky, and the slight murmur of music inside her house completed the relaxing atmosphere. Despite the idyllic surroundings, I was having a pretty rough night. I was venting to her about life, family, and friends when I started to feel heavier than usual. The weight grew and grew until it felt like I was carrying a massive load on my shoulders. My legs started to become weak until I was finally compelled to fall on my knees by something much greater than myself. That was when I heard it. A strong voice that said, I am the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I, was also, uh, I also felt an enormous sense of peace, calmness, and joy, things which, as I discovered later, marked the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. It was so powerful that I turned over and laid on my back on the grass. The mix of emotions overwhelmed me as I looked up at the stars and I began to weep out of pain, out of awe, and most importantly, out of a sense of belonging. It was, to quote Mike Pilavachi, an oh-flipping-wow experience. <laughs> During that moment, I was able to step back and take things in their true perspective, not my own skewed, self-centered one. I saw how big God is, how small my problems truly were, and how much a big God could care about my small problems. I was filled with a new sense of gratitude, the God of the entire universe came down and chose to meet specifically with me at that moment. I was humbled. I realized that as much as I'd like to believe it, I am no less of a sinner than my father. When it came to God's eyes, my dad didn't need any more saving than I did. We both fall short of God's glory. I had another epiphany as well. A month or so prior to this experience, I had returned from a two-week missions trip to Swaziland, and I hadn't really processed the trip. But God met me that night, and I realized that though my life was a bit hairy, it was a walk in the park compared to the lives of the children living in the Swazi countryside. I had so much to be thankful for. I started seeking God on my own, desiring to be in that unexplainable presence again. After some waiting and digging, I found it once more at the Life in the Spirit conference. I was introduced to the gifts of the Spirit, and I began to function in them. Speaking in tongues was especially helpful for me because it let me express all the pent-up emotions I had in complete surrender to Christ. Along with the gifts of the Spirit, I learned to be expectant and joyful in all circumstances. God really was in control, and he knew exactly what he was doing. What is supposed to happen will happen, and it will be in God's perfect timing, even though it may be hard to see at first. When I learned to rest in that, my life became so much less anxious and so much more malleable to God's plan. I became rooted in him, like Psalm 62, 5 through 6. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. In my newfound peace, I was able to listen for God's voice more, and I felt like he was guiding me places that I never would have been able to go without his help. 
I was able to go to England last summer to the Naturally Supernatural and Soul Survivor conferences. I was able to make a bunch of connections with the people there. More recently, my mom and I were looking at the daunting task of finding a college that was affordable as well as one that would fit me well. Once I decided on the college I felt God was calling me to, countless doors opened up for me to be able to visit the campus, build relationships with the people there, and the finances fell into place. God has proven himself to be faithful again and again, and seeing his immense faithfulness, I am ready to go wherever he calls me, because I know that his plan is for my good. At this point, I feel like God is calling me to full-time ministry, so I'm gleaning all that I can from our pastors and leaders in the church. God took the mess of collapsed Jenga blocks in my life and started creating something even new and even better. And in his reconstruction, he is giving me a new meaning, a new purpose, and a new identity. His son, son of the Most High King. Of course, there will always be rough times, but now I know where I can put my confidence. Even though God is still in the process of building my life, I know I can trust his perfect plan. He will continue to cut away what isn't meant to be in my life, refine the pieces that are supposed to be there, and polish me into a beautiful gem that reflects his light for all to see. Church, let my charge to you be this. Trust God. Do not be anxious about your job or finances. Do all things unto the, unto the Lord, and your treasure will be built up in heaven where it will have lasting reward. Do not worry about tomorrow. There is no sense in trying to solve things with your own power in your own time. Wait for God to move and rejoice when he does. And finally, let the Lord build you into the person that he wants you to be. Then you can proclaim Hebrews 13.6 in faith. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Um, before the final benediction, youth, I just want to tell you guys I'm so proud of you, not just for today, but I'm so proud of everything that came before today too, guys. Um, if you got anybody here uh, would like any extra prayer, our prayer team would love to pray for you today. God hears our prayers, and so if you would like um, just some support for anything physical, emotional, or spiritual, um, we'll have our prayer team standing for the choir risers and in front of the cross. Um, they would love to pray with you. Um, but for our final benediction, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his grace and his countenance shine upon you. May you know deep in your heart the love of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are all diamonds in the rough. Thank you, Jesus, for the challenges that we have in life that help mold and refine us to be more like you. If you'd like to hear this sermon again, you can listen to and download this and other sermons from the First Pres website, fpchawaii.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Join us at one of our worship services on campus at 45550 Ole Road, Kaneohe, Hawaii, 96744. We meet Sunday mornings at 8, 930 or 1111. Follow First Pres on Twitter and Facebook. Download the brand new First Pres app. Watch First Pres Sermon videos on our website and on Facebook. And you can always call us at 808-532-1111. For Pastor Dan Chan and the entire staff at First Pres, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you and thank you for listening. 
Strength for the Journey is copyright 2019 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu at Ko'olau.